Taiwan reported two local COVID cases on Monday, both in connection to previously identified clusters. Also on Monday, the CECC extended its level two COVID alert, leaving all current COVID measures unchanged until at least February 28th. The head of the CECC promised to unveil a Taiwan model of COVID prevention after the end of the month. Taiwan reported two local COVID infections on the first day after the Spring Festival break. Both of today's local cases went from negative to positive during isolation. One is connected to the cluster at Kaohsiung Port. The other is a five-year-old Taiwanese national in New Taipei who was a contact of an infected preschool teacher. Since the start of the Spring Festival, the epidemic appears to have stabilized. We haven't seen any new transmission chains. We'll continue monitoring the situation. The CECC extended Taiwan's Level 2 COVID alert for three additional weeks instead of the usual two. We will maintain the Level 2 COVID alert, but this time we're extending it all the way to February 28th. Previously, we renewed alerts every two weeks. But this time, we're extending it to February 28th, past the Lantern Festival, to the end of the month. We'll keep watch for any adjustments that may be needed. The measures to prevent COVID spread in the community remain unchanged. The CECC said it had no immediate plans to reopen Taiwan for international tourism. We will consider entry for business and humanitarian purposes. But as for tourists, I am very sorry. We have to build a Taiwan model so that people will feel comfortable as they keep our economy going in this pandemic. We're striking out a path of our own to see if we can achieve the best results. The CECC said it would devise a model for reopening public life after consulting professionals from various sectors. Over the past few days, I've heard mixed opinions. All of them have been included on the agenda for discussion after the February 28th holiday. We will find a path of COVID prevention that everyone will hail as the Taiwan model. The CECC said that after February, it would identify a model for pandemic prevention that's uniquely Taiwanese. Honduras's newly inaugurated president, Xiomar Castro, was diagnosed with COVID on Sunday, less than two weeks after meeting Vice President Lai Qingda in her country. On Monday, Lai wrote on Instagram that he remained in quarantine and in good health. He also shared photos of two negative rapid tests. Let's hear from a presidential office spokesperson. I reached out to the vice president myself, and he told me that he was feeling fine. The rapid test and his body temperature were all normal. So we all hope that everyone from our delegation will continue to test negative and remain in good health. Our group was escorted by an epidemic specialist, so the whole delegation maintained the highest standards of protection against the disease. Two layers of face masks were worn, and the inner layer was an N95 mask. We maintained social distance whenever possible and disinfected our hands with alcohol and washed our hands with water. After going back to our rooms, we also sprayed ourselves down with alcohol. After Lai's trip to Honduras, a staffer at Taiwan's embassy in Honduras tested positive for COVID. This staffer had received Lai's delegation in Honduras. A guest at the inauguration ceremony, Belize Prime Minister John Briseno also tested positive. The presidential office says that so far, all members of Taiwan's delegation have tested negative for COVID. The group has taken PCR and routine rapid antigen tests since returning to Taiwan. Kaohsiung Port got back to work on Monday following the Lunar New Year holiday. 
The busy harbor is still grappling with the spread of COVID-19. Early Monday morning, workers were seen lining up at test stations for PCR screening. As a COVID precaution, all employees must be cleared before being allowed back on the docks. It's the first day back to work at Kaohsiung Port's Pier 34. Workers wait their turn at a PCR testing station as the port continues fighting an outbreak. The city will offer PCR testing at eight port locations on Monday and Tuesday. All port employees will need to test negative in a PCR test before starting work. On Sunday, a fully vaccinated and boosted maritime pilot who had worked on 40 vessels was diagnosed with COVID. He had previously refused to get tested after being called up for screening five times. He now faces a fine between 60,000 NT and 300,000 NT. Other port workers say his behavior had put them all at risk. When the Maritime and Port Bureau sends you a text message and you don't turn up for any of the five screenings, then you become a liability. We'll see whether it carries a prison sentence or heavier fines. It's beyond the pale. Getting tested is for everyone's safety. People like him, who harm others, should get heavier penalties. An investigation is underway to find the infection source of the maritime pilot. The Maritime and Port Bureau and the Kaohsiung city government are searching sea and land for a source. With more and more workers going into isolation, one shipping operator says that too much contact tracing will paralyze port operations. Instead, you can separate the work areas so that it's just one maritime pilot to each small vessel. That way, maritime pilots would not be in contact with one another. This would minimize the risk of infection. Kaohsiung Port is ready to get back to work. All employees must pass PCR testing before entering the port area in order to keep COVID from spreading. The Council of Agriculture is taking steps to shore up the egg supply. Taiwan is wrestling with a rare egg shortage due to factors including the pandemic, avian flu, and the rising cost of bird feed. A daily shortfall of up to 2 million eggs is being reported nationwide. In response, the COA has unveiled a raft of measures to increase the egg supply. Until the end of this month, it will identify egg production with a subsidy of 3 NT per caddy. Until the end of April, it will grant a business tax exemption for the raw materials of chicken feed. The COA also plans to release 24 million eggs originally intended for the food processing industry. In addition, it will import eggs from the U.S., Japan and Australia. Ahead of the Lunar New Year, the DPP Sang Ming Yo and Yomata Noi met up over a kitchen stove. Both plan to run for seat in the new Taipei City Council this year, and they often meet up to talk politics. But this time, they wanted to explore the New Year traditions of Japan and Taiwan through the universal language of food. New Taipei Council candidate Zhang Mingyo fries up some vegetables with a deft hand, looking almost like a professional. This pork backbone is already marinated. It's fried and then simmers in the pot. Zhang says this dish of squid and snails with garlic sprouts is a traditional Taiwanese recipe full of memories. While it's cooking, fellow council candidate Yamada Moyi gets busy with the Japanese dish, shrimp tempura and soba noodles. Shrimps are coated in a floury dough and deep fried until golden. Soba noodles symbolize a long life. When the noodles and shrimp are ready, it's time to add the kombu stock and finally a sprinkling of green onions. 
As candidates for new Taipei Council, Zhang and Yamada banded together to campaign, realizing they were both food lovers and keen amateur cooks. I make this dish because it has a lot of symbolic meanings. First is that it symbolizes different ethnicities integrating. Second is that it's a continuation of Taiwanese fine dining. At New Year from December 31st to January 1st, in Japan, many Japanese families cook this dish, so the coming year is smooth and successful, and everyone will be healthy and have a very long life. Japanese people celebrate New Year at a different time than the Taiwanese, but the wishes for a peaceful and flowing year ahead are universal. The style of New Year fair is very different in the two countries. How well do they fit together? I fried the jingo shrimp and the mushrooms, and they release such a delicious aroma. I'm just delighted with it from the bottom of my heart. She first made the stock from the seaweed in the katsuobushi, then she cooked the noodles to perfection, and I think her shrimp in particular are fried beautifully. Both claimed to be picky eaters, yet had nothing but praise for each other's creations. The competition ended with an honorable drawl. No matter which traditions you choose to celebrate New Year, it's the thought that counts. The U.S. de facto embassy has started off the new lunar year with a strong show of support for Taiwan. In a Liberty Times feature released Monday, AIT director Sandra Odkirk underscored Washington's support for Taiwan's meaningful participation in international organizations. She said the U.S. was working hard to, to help Taiwan and support its self-defense capabilities. Odkirk also spoke about the Russia-Ukraine crisis, emphasizing that Taiwan's situation is not the same as Ukraine's. The U.S. support for Taiwan is rock solid. It is principled, it is bipartisan, it is in line with long-standing American commitments. Just days after hailing the rock-solid Taiwan-U.S. relationship, AIT director Sandra Odkirk was featured in a Chinese-language newspaper. During her interview, she spoke at length on bilateral ties. She reiterated Washington's position of support for Taiwan. Odkirk said that China was a threat to Taiwan not only at the military level. She said China was also engaging in disinformation campaigns, economic coercion and cyber attacks to undermine Taiwan. The U.S. will continue to support Taiwan's self-defense capabilities, she said, adding that the two sides will work closely to ensure U.S. weapons are delivered as quickly as possible. The U.S. is making its position very clear. No matter what, the U.S. will give Taiwan stronger and more direct support. I think that this is a very clear signal, not only to Taiwan, but also to Beijing. It is a warning to not act rashly. Taiwan-U.S. relations will proceed stably in the direction established last year, and there will be more breakthroughs. I think that security, the economy, and diplomacy will be three areas in which Taiwan and the U.S. can work together this year, three areas that will yield more breakthroughs. Meanwhile in Europe, Russia's buildup of troops on the Ukrainian border has raised regional tensions. Scholars say China is watching the U.S. response to Russia to decide whether to take action against Taiwan, potentially not long after the Beijing Winter Olympics. In her interview, Odkirk dismissed the connection between the Olympics and a potential invasion. She emphasized that the U.S. was working hard to help Taiwan. If there is any change in the situation with Taiwan, the U.S. will absolutely support and defend us with all its strength. I believe that Sandra Odkirk's remarks will put the hearts of the Taiwanese people at ease. 
There are people with covert designs who are trying to create a connection between Ukraine's situation and that of Taiwan. This connection simply does not exist. The lawmaker hailed Taiwan's friendship with the U.S., which looks set to strengthen in the year ahead. China has refloated its proposal of holding a so-called democratic consultation with Taiwan over the issue of unification. The proposal was first raised by Chinese leader Xi Jinping in 2019. Last Saturday, it was broached again by a top Beijing official during his meeting with former KMT chairwoman Hong Xiaozu in China. Over in Taiwan, the government and ruling party lawmakers have objected to the proposed meeting. One lawmaker is demanding that the KMT clarify its stance on cross-strait relations. Last Saturday, former KMT chairwoman Hong Xiaozhu sat down with Wang Yang, the chairman of the Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference. The two discussed the potential unification of China and Taiwan. Wang said that the two sides of the strait could take part in a, quote, democratic consultation. No force can resist the historical trend of reunification. On the basis of adhering to the One China Principle and the 1992 Consensus, we are willing to conduct extensive and in-depth dialogue and democratic consultation with political parties and individuals in Taiwan to seek social consensus. Over in Taiwan, pan-green lawmakers condemned the proposal. What Wang Yang said about discussing matters with political parties shows that to them, Taiwan doesn't have a government. The DPP has long advocated for government-to-government interaction. No political party can represent the ROC or represent all the people of Taiwan. We ought to pay close attention to former chairwoman Hong Xiaozhu. She is a former vice president of the legislative yuan and a former KMT chairwoman. Who is she speaking for? The KMT can't say that her words adjust her personal views. What we need to ask is whether her views reflect those of the KMT, or whether they are the mainstream view of the KMT. China has proposed this democratic consultation. The problem is that they do not have a democracy. I think it's quite a strange idea to propose a democratic consultation when you are not a democracy. DPP lawmakers called on the KMT to clarify its position. They said that Hong was pandering to Beijing and denigrating Taiwan's sovereignty. The KMT's stance is absolutely to defend the ROC and insist on maintaining our free democracy. We oppose rhetoric that harms the ROC. We oppose Taiwan independence and the two countries' one-system model for Taiwan. Dialogue and exchanges are better than confrontation and hostility. According to Hong, she had given Xu her China itinerary before departure. Chu confirmed only that Hong informed him she'd be attending the Winter Olympics opening ceremony. The Taiex finished higher on its first day back after the Lunar New Year holiday. The index moved sharply higher toward the end of trade, closing up 1.828% at 17,900 points on a turnover of 305 billion NT dollars. Analysts say the market was playing catch-up with advances on Wall Street over the past week. They say that moves in the coming weeks will also be heavily affected by the U.S. Earnings season in the U.S. will also affect Taiwan stocks. Even if there are no issues with the financial reports, there will be an impact from Fed announcements and other actions the Fed takes. The U.S. Federal Reserve is set to raise interest rates at its March meeting to fight inflation. Analysts warn traders to tread carefully and to stick with stocks with strong fundamentals. It's time for a trip to the land of geekdom. If you're a language nerd, here 
At Formosa News, we get it. And two former interpreters who are now standing for election to Taipei City Council have got you too. Former diplomats and linguists Liu Shijie and Vincent Chow recently showed off their language skills and their rudimentary acting chops as part of their election campaign, and they grappled with some really tricky translations from the Taiwanese dialect. As a former diplomat, Liu Shijie should have a balanced demeanor. What's got him so enraged? Interpreter Vincent Chow can't hold back his chuckles as Liu reenacts a recent blockbuster. I've been treating you so well for decades. I even cannot compare with somebody who doesn't love you at all. The melodrama plus fluent English are all on point. Now it's Chow's turn to shine. How do you have no lollipops? You know, I'm very angry with you. But if you have no lollipops, how will I be angry with you? you want to eat my fist or do you want to eat the skin? you got to think about this. <laughs> it's down to the wire in this Taiwanese-English interpreting battle. Chow, 33, stepped down from his leadership role in the political department at Taiwan's Economic and Cultural Office in the U.S. last June. Liu heads the international department of the New Power Party and once steered the Europe Bureau at the Foreign Ministry. Both are seasoned interpreters, but Taiwanese is a source of endless jokes. Still a melon when you are a kid, then you might steal a cow when you grow up. Why do you have cheese? If you steal a melon when you're a kid, you will steal a yeah. cow. Uh, when you are touching the clam, you can also wash your pants. Mandarin to English is a cinch for these guys, but some Taiwanese phrases are really lost in translation. As diplomats, there are times when not just English, but also Taiwanese language skills are required. When I was abroad, occasionally there'd be a situation where I had to speak Mandarin, Taiwanese, and English at the same time. I think Taiwanese is a language with a lot of emotion. Sometimes it's hard to express the spirit of it in English. The heart of Taiwanese is so unique that it's a tough job to translate, but for those of us who enjoy speaking multiple languages, the untranslatable gem can be a great discovery. Let's head now to a culinary gem hidden in the heart of Taipei. Around the campus of National Taiwan University lie many modest restaurants with big reputations. Local students are keen to sniff out a good deal, and an authentic menu at a reasonable price will always attract fans. Let's check out a Jiangzi dim sum joint that students say rival the high-end chains without the price tag. Steamer baskets stack to the heavens. High-pressure steam wreaths the dumplings in mist. Each basket houses five perfect parcels. Translucent skin gives just a glimpse of the soup inside, ready to burst out as soon as you take a bite. The 
This Jiangzhou Dim Sum Joint is located near the NTU campus in Taipei. Students call it Budgeting Typhoon after the high-end dim sum chain. One branch even won a coveted Bibkuman Award in the 2021 Michelin Guide Taipei and Taichung. The edges of the dough are rolled to a gradual wisp of nothing by the chef. Filling goes in lightning quick and with a few flicks of the wrist, the golden number 18 dumpling is ready for showtime. The skin should be thinner at the side and thicker in the middle. It's totally different than one made by a machine. We make them all here, so when you eat it, you get a softer texture. The thickness of the dumpling skin is a key part of the experience. The filling, however, is the soul of a Xiaolong Bao, says the chef, who prides himself on his fresh ingredients. The ingredients are extra fresh. It's all warm pork. The main thing is, if your ingredients are fresh, your product will be delicious for sure. The crab meat dumpling is another specialty. The meat filling is even tastier with crab added. The menu is crammed with the famous Jiangzhou dim sum dishes. The chef says he stumbled into this industry by accident and somehow finds himself still making dim sum 50 years later. Back in the early days, when they liberated Taiwan from Japan in the 1940s, the army came over to Taiwan to fight and then stayed here. There was the master chef who stayed in Taiwan who happened to have this skill. We met by accident. It was fate, and so we studied this. The restaurant's walls are covered with photos of famous patrons, including former regular customer, singer and actor Jay Chow. A Japanese TV show even made a pilgrimage here for a special episode. The budget-friendly eatery has plenty of fans to see it through 2022, no matter how the winds of COVID blow.